to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair. It's good to be with you on another fresh episode of Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio Podcast. All right, so this week, here we are, the end of May 2020. It's been a very, 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 very strange uh, 2020. Uh, Nobody regardless of how you look at what's happened with COVID madness and everything else, could possibly uh, challenge that statement. But, uh, you know, last week I kind of got away from talking about COVID, and I'm not going to change that this week. In fact, this week is going to be a little different than what I usually do because I'm not even going to have a morning rant. Now, don't worry. If it's your favorite part of the show, I'll get pretty ranty during a few of the things that I'm going to bring up. But last week, I promised to talk about aloe vera. Now, that may sound just dull as can be. I hope it doesn't because actually aloe is amazing and you need to know a lot more about it than you probably already do. So I'm going to talk about that. But I'm also going to talk about seven or eight other things that are natural remedies that I believe everybody should know about that very, very few people do know about. So we're going to get into that today. Also, if you want to join us and get a little bit more involved, vitalityradio.com is going to be going undergoing some changes over the next little while. Right now, it's basically just a site to hold all these shows. If you'd like to hear them there as opposed to a podcast app, you can do that. But we're going to start uh, publishing more stuff there, uh, bonus episodes as uh, is a definite possibility I'm working on. Also, maybe blog posts, uh, show notes, all kinds of different things like that, and uh, a bunch of new bunch of new stuff in the works. So keep your eyes on that over the next month or so, and you'll see some cool things at vitalityradio.com. Okay, as I promised last week, I'm going to jump right into this conversation about aloe vera. I just ran out of time last week. I got talking about sunscreen and all the nasty things in sunscreen and how to do natural sunscreen. And if you missed that and you need to protect your skin this summer, uh, jump back to last week's episode. The uh, 23rd is when it was launched. And uh, check out what I said about sunscreen. I think there's some really, really valuable information there. But without further ado, let's jump into aloe vera. Now, most of us think one thing when we hear the word aloe vera. Uh, Ask yourself, what was the first thing that popped in your mind? Probably burns, and most likely I would say sunburns in particular. That's what by far the most is used for. You'll see it in cosmetic ingredients. It's very good for the skin, so you'll see it in face creams and uh, soaps and gels and lotions and shampoos and all kinds of things like that. In fact, $13 billion worth of aloe vera are sold every year, so it's no small market. But what I think is missing is we talk a lot about the topical benefits of aloe vera, which I'm going to go into some more details on the topical use, but we often miss the internal uses of aloe vera and just how powerful this plant really is. And what I hate the idea of is such a powerful plant 
being just restricted to what it can do for a sunburn because while that is an awesome use of aloe vera, and I use it every year, at least once or twice for that, oh my word, there are so many more. Let's talk about one right out of the gate that I didn't even know about until until I started researching aloe vera for the show. Now, I know a lot about aloe vera juice. I've read a lot about it. I've used a lot of aloe vera juice over the years. Uh, and I've used a lot of aloe vera gel, but this one was new to me. There are some studies that show that it actually reduces dental plaque. Now, tooth decay and diseases of the gum are very common health problems. One of the best ways to prevent these conditions is to reduce the buildup of plaque uh, or bacterial biofilms on the teeth. I got this information from Medical News Today, and it's a really nice write-up. I highly recommend you check it out. But I'll go through quite a bit of what they talk about here on the show. In a mouth rinse study of 300 people, researchers compared 100% pure aloe vera juice as a mouth rinse with the standard mouthwash ingredient chlorhexidine. Now, if you're not familiar with chlorhexidine, I'm going to get into that in just a minute. After four days of use, the aloe vera mouth rinse appeared to be just as effective as chlorhexidine in reducing dental plaque. Very impressive. Another study found similar benefits of aloe vera mouth rinse over a 15 to 30 day period. Aloe vera is effective in killing the plaque producing bacterium Streptococcus mutans in the mouth as well as the yeast Candida albicans. Aloe vera, very, very powerful in those two ways, and that is why it works great as a mouth rinse, which I've never thought to use it that way, but I will now. Now, let's talk about why you might want to use aloe vera versus chlorhexidine. First off, chlorhexidine is a prescription that your dentist would prescribe if he saw that there was significant periodontal disease in your mouth. Now, in terms of chlorhexidine and what it does, we know it's designed to reduce plaque and it is also used as an antibiotic alternative. I, did, I dug into this because I'd never heard of chlorhexidine before. As an alternative to antibiotics when people have uh, pocketing in their gums, which I've dealt with. And I'm going to talk about how I dealt with that at the end of this little conversation about aloe. But uh, very, very interesting. Here are the most common side effects with chlorhexidine. Change in taste. Increase in tartar on the teeth. Staining of teeth. Mouth tooth fillings, and dentures or other mouth appliances. Less common or rare, mouth irritation, swollen glands on side of face or neck, tongue tip irritation. And then there's the gastrointestinal side effects. Very common, meaning 10% or more, was a toothache. And it's they said that toothaches happened in up to 50% of users. Uh, also common, between 1 and 10% of people experience dry mouth. Uh, glossodynia, oral parathesia, uh, and dyspepsia, ulcerative stomatitis, and gum hyperplasia. That doesn't sound like fun stuff, but get this, it doesn't stop at the mouth and the stomach. It also can affect your respiratory system. Bronchospasm occurred with hypersensitivity reactions. Upper respiratory tract infection and sinusitis have occurred most commonly in patients receiving the periodontal chip. I'll talk about what the periodontal chip is in just a minute. Very common side effects, 10% or more, upper respiratory tract infection in almost 30% of people and sinusitis in almost 14% of people. The perio chip is an alternative to antibiotics that many dentists use for the purpose of periodontal disease, including deep pocketing in the gum line. 
Another way that chlorhexidine is used is in an oral rinse. Now, Perox is the oral rinse uh, that I chose. There are a few of them, but listen to what's in this stuff. 0.12% chlorhexidine, but also a base of deionized water, propylene glycol, glycerin, polyoxyl 40 hydrogenated castor oil, mint flavor, potassium asulfame, which is a uh, artificial sweetener, FDNC red 40, and DNC red 33. Now, I get so annoyed. Here's where the rant comes. At these idiot companies, these pharmaceutical manufacturers that think that a drug has to be read, a prescription drug, nobody's seeing it before they're buying it, and it has to be read in order to be effective. You have to put two artificial colors in it. I understand they put the artificial sweetener in it to make it palatable. That makes sense. I don't necessarily like it, but it's okay. It makes sense. Why do we need red? Why do we need red in our periodontal disease? What if it's yellowish or orangish or greenish or clear? How does that make it less effective? We have ruined, to some extent, American society's ability to look at things in their natural color and be okay with it. Like, why does orange soda have to be orange? It can't be clear. Why does Coke have to be brown? It can't be clear. Why does it matter? Why do we have to use caramel color? Why do we have to use artificial red? Why do we have to use artificial yellow? It's a crock of baloney, especially when you consider that red 40 is specifically known to impact ADD and ADHD, to be a neurotoxin and dangerous to the brain. And yet, ah, we just throw it in there willy-nilly. I mean, it's in most ibuprofen, those little red pills. Why are they red? Why do they have to be red? Why can't they be white? I can count on two hands uh, how many times, well, that probably isn't true. Maybe four hands. How many times I've taken ibuprofen in my life? But I don't take the red ones. They have them without the dye. Did you know that? Pay attention to what's in your products before you take it, whether it's drug or, or otherwise, because it doesn't need this crap. And we need to start standing up and fighting against that. Anyway, there's a lot of reasons we don't want chlorhexidine when aloe vera works equally well in studies with none of the side effects none of the artificial crap. And the worst thing that can happen if you swallow it, instead of spitting it out, oh, it's good for you. So aloe, amazing. Now, with perio whatever it's called, these drugs that have the chlorhexidine in them, being a alter an alternative to antibiotics, you would normally think, oh, Jared would be excited about that. Antibiotics are bad. Well, yeah, I don't like antibiotics. And my dentist, years ago now, I've learned a lot since then. But years ago, he came to me, uh, sitting, I'm sitting in the chair after my uh, dental cleaning. And he said, boy, uh, you've got a, quite a bit of pocketing there in the back of your mouth on those gums. And I knew I had that issue. I'd struggled with it for a long time. And I'd never done anything real aggressive about it other than just some flossing and brushing with my natural toothpaste and things like that. Well, he said, we're going to need to put an antibiotic strip in there to fix that. And I said, I don't use antibiotics. Unless I'm dying, not using antibiotics. He said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I, I can fix it. Uh, you're telling me it's a bacterial overgrowth that's causing this issue. And he said, yes, it's causing your gums to recede. And soon you're going to have exposed bone and you're going to be in trouble. I said, okay, 
give me three months. I'll be back. You can tell me if I took care of it. And if I didn't, I'll consider your antibiotic. So I went home and I looked into what my options were. And again, I didn't know about aloe vera for this. And I wish I had. Maybe it would have worked even better and faster. But I did three things. I took my natural toothpaste and I, and I, same thing on the natural toothpaste, whether you're pro-fluoride or anti-fluoride, and I stand on the side of fluoride being bad for you more than it is good for you. And if you want to know about that, you'll have to dig back into the archives. I've got a couple shows on it from years ago. Maybe I'll bring one forward soon. But regardless, I avoid the fluoride in my toothpaste. Uh, in addition to that, I don't like the artificial toothpaste because they're loaded with the same crap that's in that perio garbage that I was just talking about. Artificial flavors and artificial sweeteners and artificial colors and chemicals and all kinds of stuff I don't want in my mouth on a regular basis because you know the best way to absorb anything besides an IV is in the mouth. So we don't want to put it in the mouth if it we don't want it in the blood and that stuff gets in the blood, including the fluoride. So we have to be cautious with that. So I took my natural toothpaste, which I'd already been using. I then took one drop, one drop of oregano, oregano oil. Now, oregano is a combination of the most powerful oregano out there plus olive oil. Uh, so it's already diluted a little bit. That does not make it less, well, it makes it less hot, but it's still hot stuff. Just be warned. And you don't want to overdo oregano in the mouth. But I put one drop on my toothbrush put the toothpaste on, and then I dipped it in Dr. Christopher's tooth powder. Now, Dr. Christopher was an inspired herbalist, an absolutely brilliant man who did some amazing things with herbs. And one of the things that he did the best with is his tooth powder. And if you want to go back and read some of the stories about what his tooth powder has done for people, it's nothing short of miraculous, really amazing stuff. I'd never used it before, but this is what I decided to do. So oregano oil, toothpaste, dipped it in tooth powder, started brushing my teeth every morning and every night like that. Then I would take the tooth powder and I'd pack it up in uh, along the gum line where he said I had the issues, like uh, I guess someone who chews tobacco would pack it between the cheek and gum like that. And I'd do that before I went to bed at night. And when I woke up in the morning, my breath was fresh and minty because the tooth powder is kind of minty. And I had all this green herby crap in my mouth. No big deal. I actually didn't mind it too much. Three months later, he said, my sixes and fives were all down to fours and threes or twos, and that I no longer had cause for significant concern. I've never gotten back to a five again. The highest I've had is fours, and I periodically do that exact same thing. I don't do it every day now, but I periodically do that exact same thing for a week or two at a time because it's amazing for my mouth, and it worked great. I've had lots of other people that have done that recommendation and have had excellent success as well. I would now, had I known, and now that I do know, because I do use now hydrogen peroxide rinse, a, a food-grade hydrogen peroxide mouth rinse that I swear by, and I'm confident has made a big difference in my oral health based on what I'm seeing when I'm getting my normal cleansing, cleanings and things like that now. So really cool stuff, but I'm going to start using aloe vera juice and uh, see how that works out, and uh, ditch the hydrogen peroxide for a little while and see what the aloe does. So that's my plan moving forward as of today. Anyway, I had no idea that aloe was as awesome as it is for that, but guess what? There's other things that it does. I didn't know or never thought about using it for canker sores. 
According to this article in uh, Medical News Today, it says many people experience mouth ulcers or canker sores. Of course, we all do at some point, uh, usually underneath the lip, inside the mouth. Maybe we bite down on our inner cheek or whatever. Studies have shown that aloe vera treatment can accelerate the healing of mouth ulcers, which makes perfect sense. For example, in a seven-day study of 180 people with recurrent mouth ulcers, applying an aloe vera patch to the area was effective in reducing the size of the ulcers. Now, recurring ulcers is a different story. That means there's something going on inside the mouth. It wasn't just a occasional canker or somebody who bit down on their, on their cheek accidentally and has that stupid sore there until they stop biting on it. This is more of a big problem, but guess what the natural or the pharmaceutical treatment is for that? It's corticosteroids or corticosteroids, right? And corticosteroids are interesting because they will treat the inflammation for sure, but do they treat the problem? No, of course they don't. In fact, cortisone over time, you can use too much and you can cause a breakdown in the tissues and things like that. So you have to be really cautious with how much of that you use. But this study, they did a combina- or they did a double blind, and it turns out that aloe worked as well, but not better than corticosteroids. Well, I'd rather use the aloe all day long because it actually could potentially heal the mouth. I would also say if you're dealing with recurrent mouth ulcers, you need an oral probiotic, a probiotic that you, is specifically for the mouth that you use as a lozenge. Between that and the aloe vera juice, I would anticipate excellent results. Another thing that aloe vera is known for, and I would say mostly known for when it comes to oral use, uh, is digestive health. Aloe has been used with great results on a variety of stomach and intestinal issues, including inflammatory bowel disorders, ulcers, constipation, and irritable bowel syndrome. There are a variety of studies that prove some of these benefits, but others that say that it's less effective. And the authors of the Medical News Today page specifically say that doctors aren't generally recommending aloe vera for these reasons because the studies are a little weak. Well, one of the things that's interesting about aloe vera is that the studies are often done on the wrong kind of aloe. Aloe is an interesting plant. You've seen the aloe leaf and you've seen the aloe gel. Well, the aloe gel comes from the inner leaf. It's the gel that's inside of the leaf that if you cut the leaf, it bleeds out like sapwood from a tree. Well, the leaf itself and what's called the inner latex of the leaf have massive amounts of healing properties, polysaccharides and minerals that are not found in the gel or not found in its concentrated form in the gel. So if you're not using a whole leaf aloe, you're going to limit a lot of the benefits. And some studies use whole leaf and some use just aloe gel. Some dilute it, some use higher doses, some use lower doses. So you have to be really cautious when you're looking at studies on aloe and figure out what the study was actually done on in the aloe itself. Uh, in terms of what aloe was used. So in some of these things, we have to kind of look at anecdotal evidence as well, because some of the studies, especially on natural products, just aren't there yet. But the studies on aloe are pretty strong overall and at least indicate that there's probably some very good benefit when it comes to gut health. I will tell you, I believe it's one of the biggest things that helped me get over my acid reflux 25 years ago when I was struggling with that. And of course, some of the other things that we hear about a lot and think about when it comes to aloe are skin health things. Now, that's aside from burns and things like that, which we know it is excellent for. But there is some preliminary evidence, according to the Medical News Today folks, that it may actually even slow the aging of the skin when it's used topically. 
In 2009, a study of 30 females over the age of 45 taking oral aloe vera gel, in other words, drinking it, increased collagen production and improved skin elasticity over just a 90-day period. That's impressive. Uh, Reviews also suggest that aloe vera could help the skin retain moisture and improve skin integrity, which could benefit dry skin conditions. Now, all that makes sense when you see what aloe does for a burn. It is truly healing to the skin itself. Now, why is aloe so healing to the skin? Well, one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that aloe has this amazing property of penetration. It gets all the way down to the layer of the skin where the skin cells are actually manufactured. That makes a big difference. It also gets down there with its anti-inflammatory benefits to help, and antibacterial benefits, I might add, to help keep that area uh, free of bacteria, free of inflammation, allowing the skin to reproduce the way that it's supposed to. Because of that, it has been studied and shown to be effective for acne. It's been studied and shown to be effective for psoriasis as well as eczema. So very, very effective for a variety of different skin conditions. Now, one that a lot of people are not aware aware of and probably wouldn't expect is that it's also good for blood sugar. People sometimes use aloe vera as a remedy for diabetes. This is because it may enhance insulin sensitivity, which goes away to some degree when you become diabetic, and help improve blood sugar management. For example, a review of eight different studies, and I love these reviews, it gives us a lot more concrete evidence, found that aloe vera could have benefits for people with prediabetes or type 2 diabetes because of its benefits when it comes to glycemic control. So a lot of varied uses of aloe vera, as I said. How about this one? Uh, Aloe Life, my favorite aloe vera company. I, I feel like theirs is the best stuff I've ever used for sure. And I've had excellent success with their products because they do use the whole leaf. They did an amazing study all the way back in 1997. And I love this study. It's a documented wound study that was done over 18 months on diabetic wounds. Clinical evaluation of full thickness wounds with tunneling and stage one through four. Uh, Those are the types of wounds they did it on. As accepted for presentation at the 12th Annual Wound Symposium in Dallas, Texas, they had a 100% resolution of all 150 wounds in the study. 100% resolution of all 150 wounds in the study. We have to recognize that diabetics have a very difficult time healing wounds, uh, particularly on the lower extremities. Really, really impressive work there with the aloe gel, the aloe skin gel from Aloe Life. One of my favorite uses for aloe, though, is this. And this is another one that a lot of people miss and uh, was shared with me. I probably learned this about 20 years ago and uh, ever since have made recommendations because of it and have used it myself for this purpose. A lot of us, especially people who are looking at natural health, are concerned about, you know, is what I'm taking working? Is it absorbing? Am I getting what I want out of it? Well, get this. There are bioavailability factors in aloe vera uh, that have received scientific support from the University of Pennsylvania and Scranton, among others. Scranton, sorry. 
Humans taking their vitamin E and vitamin C, for instance, with Valavera versus the controls taking them with water had an increased uptake of over 200%. So you're absorbing your vitamin C and vitamin E at twice as effective levels. That's very impressive. They've since done studies on things like coenzyme Q10, a variety of other vitamins and minerals, and aloe increases the absorption of all of them, anywhere from 30% all the way up to 200-300%. So quite dramatic if you're thinking about using aloe vera as a daily supplement just because it's good for you. Uh, Take it before you eat your pills and you will absorb more of what you take. Now, be cautious if you're taking a pharmaceutical. I don't recommend aloe prior to taking pharmaceuticals because we don't always want those to absorb at a higher rate than what our body is used to. So be a little cautious with that. But with vitamins, minerals, herbs, things like that, it can only help the absorption. Now, the last thing I'll uh, share with you is how to choose a good aloe gel and aloe juice. Once again, I talked about Aloe Life. Now, Aloe Life is not the only good brand out there. There's another brand called George's that I really like. Lily of the Desert is a good brand. There's a lot of good aloe, but there's a lot of garbage. So this is what I want you to pay attention to, and I think it's important. We don't want colors in the aloe. We don't. We Our aloe vera should either be the natural color, which is basically clear or, or slightly yellow, Um, or it should be kind of a darker brown yellow if they're using the entire leaf in the process. In fact, when you're looking at aloe skin gel, the one that healed the 100% of diabetic wounds, it's quite brown in color and not particularly attractive, but it absolutely works, and that's why we're using aloe vera. But if it's bright green or blue or yellow, it has artificial colors in it, throw that stuff away immediately Get it out of your house. Get it out of your life. Never buy it again. You're buying fake aloe vera from a company that doesn't care about your health, such as, I don't know, Banana Boat or something like that. Make sure it's no artificial colors. You'll need to look and see what types of preservatives are in there. The safest way is just go with Aloe Life because it's the best. Aloe Life makes the best skin gel. They make the best aloe juice. I absolutely love their stuff. It comes in a variety of different forms. What they do is they use the entire leaf. They use only certified organic aloe. And they have a very unique extraction process. And the thing I like about the the oral form, the juice, is that it is a five to one concentrate. It takes 25 pounds of aloe vera plant leaves to equal just one gallon of quality juice. And one ounce is equal to four ounces of a regular aloe vera juice that you might find on the market elsewhere. So you can take far less and yield greater results. I love aloe. Uh, That's about it. If you have questions about aloe vera, call us 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Vitality, Nutrition, and Bountiful, your source for all things vitality. You can give us a call there if you have questions on the show. You can look up the show on uh, any of your favorite podcast apps now and listen to it there. If you do happen to be on a podcast app that allows reviews, I would love your five stars and your written review and I love your subscription and shares. I appreciate anybody that's willing to listen to me uh, on a regular basis. Thank you so much. I've got to cut to a quick break. When I come back... I've got a bunch of other remedies besides aloe vera that you probably haven't heard of, and uh, I'm going to bring them to you when I come back. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. 
people seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email. Info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. Okay, I am back. My name is Jared St. Clair. Welcome back to Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the information on aloe vera. Went a little longer than I thought, so I have to be a little careful with how much I get into with some of these other things, but we're going to dig in anyway. Uh, this I love these shows. I do them periodically where I just talk about some of my favorite things that have to do with health and nutrition. And one thing that came up recently because I've had some personal success with it is apple cider vinegar. Now, apple cider vinegar comes in capsules, it comes in liquid, it comes in a natural raw state, or it comes in a a pasteurized state. We don't ever want the pasteurized stuff. Unless you're making using it for cooking or something like that, then I guess that's okay. But you really want the raw apple cider vinegar or an apple cider vinegar capsule. Now, there's two kinds of capsules out there. One you take just for the acidic nature of the vinegar, which sounds weird, but we're going to get into that for just a, in just a second. The other one you might take also because it has probiotics and enzymes. There's only one that I'm aware of that still has the probiotics and enzymes, and that's one by a company called... Um, Enzymetica, and I think it's the best apple cider vinegar capsule out there. However, it's quite a bit more expensive than the regular apple cider vinegar. I love it as a as a alternative for someone who won't drink the vinegar but wants all the benefits. The capsules will give you most of those benefits, I think, if not all that the vinegar does. But if you've got heartburn, you know, occasional heartburn stuff that just kind of comes up on you, or even if you have full-blown reflux, did you know that that is usually a sign of too little acid in the stomach? And if you take an apple cider vinegar capsule when you eat, it will eliminate it in most cases. If not, it will reduce it dramatically. It's really pretty amazing because just putting that acid into your stomach makes a big difference. Uh, I've had some excellent success with this. People have to take anywhere from one to even four or five capsules. It's not very expensive stuff. I think you get 180 capsules for like 14, 15 bucks, but you take it every time you eat. It improves digestion by getting more acid in the stomach, which allows you to break down your foods, specifically proteins better. And it, in most cases, will alleviate heartburn. Pretty crazy. In fact, there's a, a brand that has old Amish formulas, they're called, and there's two formulas. And uh, we carry them at Vitality. I found out about them years ago, and they're great little bottles of goodness. It's apple cider vinegar vinegar with garlic and ginger in them, and it's the same stuff. They have one for leg cramps and one for, re, or for heartburn, but the 
leg cramp one and the heartburn one, as far as I can tell, are the same product. You just use them a little differently. The leg cramp one, you can rub right into a cramp, and I'm not kidding you, within 20 seconds, it's loosened up. It is amazing. I've used that myself. But you can also drink it orally, and most people within a minute or two will experience lower or let, or, or no cramps at that point. And then the vinegar, this is going to sound weird, but if you have heartburn and you drink it, it will knock it out nine times out of ten. It's kind of amazing. It's kind of backwards from what you would think. Not very intuitive, but one of the great natural remedies. Doesn't cost much and does wonders for you. The next one is acne. Let's talk about acne. It's a problem for teenagers, but it can be a problem for people 47 years old like me too. Every once in a while, a little pimple will pop up on my bald head or on my face. And I know I've been eating too much sugar when that happens because that's pretty much when it happens to me. But what I found with adults, but also kids, and this is probably even more important when it comes to kids because uh, the acne situation can be significantly worse, but this works both ways. There are two things that I've found work incredibly well for protecting the skin from acne breakouts. Something called estrosense or androsense. There's a men's version and a women's version. They are the same product, but they have different names. Uh, estrosense or androsense, which helps to eliminate the excess estrogens in the cells that need to get out that help the body to produce and utilize hormones effectively, sex hormones specifically. That's the, sh the shorter term option. It works. Most people notice the difference within the first 30 days, but it gets better usually after 60 or 90 days. But the other thing is uh, probiotics and specifically spore biotics. There are two that uh, I'm aware of that I love. One called Back on Tract which also happens to help with uh, digestive discomfort and things like that. So if you're dealing with both things, that's kind of a win-win. Uh, and one called Just Thrive, which is amazing. And I've talked about that lots on the show. But what I've found is that if people give it about two months, one month you're seeing benefits in almost every case. But in two months, you know for sure it's either working or it's not. And then you go until you find that you're not, you know, you're either you're not having issues or the issues are so small that you're not concerned about it. Uh, or you have leveled off in your benefits. Maybe it's 70% better, 80% better, that kind of thing. Because we have to remember that diet is a big deal, that acne is a part of teenage life. It just is kind of what it is. And some of us as adults deal with it still too. Although most adults can eliminate it, I think, with this combination from what I've seen. So EstroSense and either Just Thrive or Back on Tract, awesome for acne. If you've never used them, I highly recommend it. Also, I talked about aloe earlier as a spot treatment. Aloe vera, especially the skin gel from Aloe Life is fantastic. Now, I'm going to get into one more thing. I was going to do this at the end, but I'm worried I'm going to run out of time. We're going to talk about walking for 20 minutes a day as a natural remedy for a bunch of stuff. What is the power of a 20-minute walk? Well, according to a multiple different articles that I referenced, we had one from uh, Boston, uh, a magazine uh, back in Boston. We had one from the Daily Mail in the UK, and we had one from SimpleMost, a website, SimpleMost.com. So I've got these all kind of melded into one, but there's a lot of great information. A brisk walk of just 20 minutes a day could add years to your life, according to the Daily Mail. In a stark warning against couch potato lifestyles, they said, a lack of exercise killed twice as many people as did obesity. 
Now, that's amazing. This study was not small. Cambridge University studied 334,000 people and found that even a modest amount of activity prolonged life and the least fit had the most to gain. In other words, the most if you're obese or in very bad shape, that 20-minute walk made even a bigger difference than if you were in moderate shape. 20 minutes of walking a day or its equivalent could cut the risk of premature death by almost a third. The researchers could not say how much extra life could be gained through using exercise in this way to move from the inactive to the moderately inactive part of the population, but even the obese could expect a 16% reduced risk of dying early, and those of a healthy weight could profit by as much as 30%. Researchers estimated that about 337,000 people out of 9.2 million recorded deaths of European men and women were attributed to obesity, but twice this number, around 676,000 people, could be blamed on inactivity. Crazy stuff. How about walking for the brain? A 1999 study of people over 60 found that walking 45 minutes a day at a 16-minute mile pace increased their thinking skills. Subjects started at 15 minutes of walking and built up their time and speed. The result was that they were found to be mentally sharper after taking up the walking program. For another uh, point, genes in nerve cells that signal the production of proteins that promote nerve cell growth seem to work more efficiently with exercise. The brain's nerve cells are more robust. They branch out and make connections more easily, particularly those in the parts of the brain that grow when you take an antidepressant, according to Dr. Miller, who ran the study. We don't know exactly how this happens, he concedes, but from the evidence of image and brain Oh, sorry, the evidence of images of the brain before and after exercise, there seems to be improvement in areas of the brain responsible for regulating mood. Even a single exercise session can produce improvements. A study by University of Texas researchers had people with major depressive disorders either rest quietly or walk on a treadmill for 30 seconds and tested their mood afterwards. Both groups saw improvements in mood, But those who walked on the treadmill had more positive feelings of well-being and vigor. The study was published in December of 2005 in the issue of Medicine and Science and Sports and Exercise. So really interesting stuff. One one exercise session of 30 minutes triggered improvements in mood uh, and feelings of well-being and vigor. That's pretty impressive. And that's walking, not running. There has been a lot of debate about whether exercise is helpful for mood according to Dr. Miller. And uh, he says, in some ways, exercise at a certain level can actually be, for some people, the equivalent of taking an antidepressant. The problem is that it is a lot easier to take an antidepressant than go on a regular exercise program, of course. For that reason, Dr. Miller recommends people who want to boost their mood by exercising pick a program that's easy and enjoyable for them to do for an extended period of time for many people This is as simple as a regular 20-minute walk. The last thing I'll talk about about walking is something a lot of people don't know because when I share this with diabetic uh, customers at Vitality Nutritious, they tell me they were previously unaware. Short strolls after meals are better for blood sugar than walks at other times. 
That's according to the Daily Telegraph. And it's really interesting because I just said a 20-minute walk, and I highly recommend that 20-minute walk. It's something I'm trying to do myself every day, even if I'm not doing something else active, or I should say, even if I am doing something else active. Uh, that 20 minutes, I think, has real value. But I'm not a diabetic, and so I don't necessarily need to do the 10 minutes after each meal. But what they're finding is that 10 minutes after each meal for diabetics and pre-diabetics is a big deal. So maybe 30 minutes of walking, but three times a day at 10 minutes, which might seem outlandish, but maybe, it, I don't know, is it that hard to get up and walk for 10 minutes? I guess it depends on what you do for a living and what your lifestyle is, but I would highly recommend it. The story was based on a study which aimed to see whether taking a 10-minute walk after a main meal resulted in lower blood glucose levels than a 30-minute walk uh, once a day. And the study, which involved 41 adults, found that taking shorter, more frequent walks immediately after meals reduced blood glucose by around 12% when compared with a single 30-minute walk, which also reduced blood glucose, mind you. So any kind of walking is of value. It's just better if you do it right after the meal. And that, I think, is very important for you to understand if you are diabetic or pre-diabetic. That's a big deal. Okay, so that's all for the walking. We still have some time. So I'm going to get into a few of my others that I wanted to share with you. I've talked about this one on a few occasions, but I think it's important anyway to get into because I had a client in. I'm going to tell you the story. And, of course, I'll keep uh, her uh, information private. I don't know who she is anyway. I don't think she'd ever been to Vitality before. But... This lady had had multiple surgeries after having three to four to five to six to 10 different urinary tract infections annually for years and years and years. She's had dozens of these infections. She's had dozens of antibiotics and, and to the point of even surgeries to try and prevent these infections from occurring. And uh, she was in asking me about, you know, some natural things that might help that have been suggested to her. And I talked to her about D-mannose. Now, D-mannose is something a lot of people don't know about. And it's a fascinating thing because it's just a sugar, believe it or not. And we know that, uh, generally speaking, sugar is a bad idea if you've got an infection. But in the case of D-mannose, it has a very, very unique benefit. And that benefit is called anti-adherence. The anti-adherence benefit of D-mannose is real and powerful. What it does is it helps us to actually prevent bacteria from sticking in the urinary tract. This is the same mechanism that cranberry uses to uh, prevent uh, urinary tract infections. We know there's clinical evidence of cranberry being used. A lot of people use cranberry juice, which I think is a big mistake because it's loaded with sugar. So cranberry capsules make more sense. But D-mannose is interesting because in clinical trials, they've actually used it with a 100% success rate on urinary tract infections that are E. coli urinary tract infections. Now, 90% of urinary tract infections are E. coli. So in other words, D-mannose, according to the studies, is actually, is actually effective on 90% of urinary tract infections, fully effective, within 48 hours, which is amazing. Now, D-mannose has to be used a very specific way. You take one teaspoon four times a day, according to the research, with about six ounces of water. And then 45 minutes after you take it, you drink about 12 ounces of water. You're doing that four times a day. And the reason for that is you need the D-mannose to get into the urinary tract and hang out there for a little while before it's urinated out. Now, that's the dose that you take when you're trying to kill something. You reduce that then to three doses a day after a few days, and then two doses a day, and then one dose a day. 
more recent research has shown that one teaspoon of D-mannose daily as a preventative for people with, with, for women specifically, with urinary tract infections that are chronic, meaning three or four plus per year, reduced infection rates by 85%. Now, how amazing is that? One teaspoon a day of something that literally tastes like sugar, just a spoonful of sugar, is the medicine in this case, even better than Mary Poppins could have dreamed of. D-mannose, truly amazing stuff. The results we've heard are fascinating. And if it can keep you off an antibiotic, why not? So what I tell people is, look, if you're getting a urinary tract infection, why not? Why not D-mannose? Maybe add some cranberry if you want. Absolutely, do it. Two days in, if it's not doing the job, you can still get an antibiotic. But two days in, if you've done the antibiotic, you've already done the damage that the antibiotic does. And in many cases, antibiotics don't work for urinary tract infections. The track record of D-mannose is truly unparalleled from anything I've ever seen. I am truly on board with D-mannose. I love this stuff. The next one I want to share with you, and this is one that we've had uh, a couple of our very best listeners have told us their results with this. I've had lots of customers at Vitality tell us results with this, and it's really interesting. And I need to specify here, raw CBD. There is one brand that I'm aware of that produces raw CBD, meaning they just haven't heated it during the extraction process. So it's a very unique one. It's made by CV Sciences. But the raw CBD for migraines is very effective for a pretty high percentage of people that take it based on what we're seeing so far. Now, this is anecdotal, not clinical. The beauty of CBD is it's very, very safe. Kind of worst case scenario is it doesn't work. You didn't hurt yourself. But migraines are tough, brutal, and for many people, a lifelong challenge. And I, I love this story that I heard from one of our, our great listeners who came in and she says, I just had the best migraine experience of my life. I, something close to that, which I laughed at because I don't think there is such a thing as a great migraine experience. But she went on and elaborated and said, listen, this was so chill compared to my normal migraines and explained the difference. And uh, what we're recommending for fast relief is you put a couple of these capsules in the back of your mouth and bite down on them and just let them hang out in your mouth. It tastes pretty hempy, is what it is. Uh, hang in there five, 10 minutes and then swallow it. But many people are finding that the, the CBD, specifically the raw form for migraines, seems to work very, very well. One of my favorite remedies, Baxil, B-A-X-Y-L, Baxil is an amazing product for two things in particular, osteoarthritis, not the autoimmune rheumatoid stuff, although it can be useful for protecting the joints there as well, but osteoarthritis where we have cartilage breakdown. If the knee is bending or the hip is flexing or whatever it is, any healthy joint is going to secrete some hyaluronic acid. And when hyaluronic acid is secreted, it lubricates and cushions the joint. It's a big portion of what's made uh, uh, of what synovial fluid is made up of. And as we age and as we get more wear and tear, we secrete less and less hyaluronic acid like so many other things. As we age, our joints tend to get more dry and in need of more lubrication. That's why you hear that popping and creaking when you bend your knees that you didn't get when you were 18, but you get when you're 38 or 48 or whatever. Baxel is the only one I've seen that really, really works. It's a liquid, tastes like nothing, has kind of a gel feel to it. And you only have to take a half a teaspoon twice a day. 
Very, very effective, very, very safe. 84% of participants in two studies done on knee arthritis uh, showed dramatic reduction in pain and dramatic increase in mobility in just 30 days. How about this side benefit? As we get older, our eyes tend to dry out, especially if you're a contact lens wearer. Baxel, the fluid that our eyes float in is mostly hyaluronic acid. And Baxel can help to replace that as well. So really, really awesome for dry eyes or dry joints. I love Baxel. I don't think there's anything better for those two uh, purposes for the majority of people. And another one, if you're using Neosporin, I want you to do this. I want take take it on faith because I don't have time to explain it to you on this episode. I have done it on some other ones. But if you have Neosporin, I would like you to take it and throw it in the trash. That might sound a little aggressive, but it's healthier for you in the trash than it is on your skin, I promise. Now, there was a time when many of you listening, me included, just got a Band-Aid when we got a little owie. And then when I was maybe 10, 11, 12, 15, I don't know when it was, somewhere in my middle childhood, there was Neosporin. Now, we never had it in my house because my parents were granola-loving hippies. But my neighbors had it, and uh, I remember my neighbor that it lives two doors down from me now uh, put some on me when I cut myself over at their house. And I didn't know what it was, and she said, well, it'll help prevent an infection. And I was like, okay, whatever. Well, I've done some research on Neosporin, and it's really bad. It's got three different antibiotic uh, compounds in there and a bunch of other stuff you don't want on your skin or in your bloodstream. And it does get into the bloodstream, which means you're literally taking an antibiotic when you're putting Neosporin on your skin. You may not have known that. And you can do the same thing with colloidal silver gel, only it's going to be more effective because topically we know that colloidal silver is effective on over 6,000 different forms of bacterias and viruses. And the gel is so effective that the FDA has even approved uh, it for use of topical infections that are the scary ones, <laughs> uh, even some of the hospital-born ones, the uh, antibiotic-resistant ones. Very, very effective stuff against things like VRE, and uh, it has even been clinically shown that it works on strep and staph and MRSA. Colloidal silver as a gel, if you don't have it, should be in your medicine cabinet at home. It's amazing for burns. It's amazing for cuts and scrapes and infections and bug bites and all kinds of different things where there might be a need to kill something on the surface of the skin or just below it. I love colloidal silver as an alternative to Neosporin. Please take your Neosporin, throw it in the garbage. It is so much better for you that way. And go out and get yourself some colloidal silver by uh, Silver Biotics specifically. It's the best stuff out there. It is a gel. It's not the liquid. You can use the liquid for a lot of things, but it's not so good when you're putting it on your skin because it doesn't stay. And um, I highly recommend it. It's fantastic. Fantastic stuff. I've used it a lot and I always have it on hand. All right. So those are all the remedies that I wanted to get through. I can't believe I made it through before the end of the show. I didn't even cut anything off like I did last week with aloe vera. I'm going to leave you with two minutes of just me talking about this because I actually did a bunch of research on this and I don't have time to dig into it. I think I'm going to do it on a future show. But because I have a couple of minutes, let's talk forgiveness. 
Now, there is an amazing song uh, that Don Henley wrote and sang, and maybe you know about it. I love the song. I love the lyric. He says, uh, forgiveness. Forgiveness. He talks about how important it is, and he talked about it when in the DVD and CD when hell freezes over. And of course, if you're not a big Eagles fan, I am, um, when they came back and reunited and did the concert when hell freezes over, they called it that because they had asked one of the guys, and I think it was either Henley or, or uh, Glenn Fry, who said, the Eagles will get back together when hell freezes over. Well, they got back together and they're still together now doing concerts and things. Well, that particular album was interesting. And during that concert, he said, you know, I've learned a lot since we broke up and then came back together, something along those lines. And I think we need to get down to the heart of the matter, the name of the song. And he says during the song, I've been trying to get down to the heart of the matter, but my will gets weak and my thoughts seem to scatter. But I think it's about forgiveness, forgiveness, even if you don't love me anymore. Now, I think that's really, really important. There are plenty of people that have been in our lives that we have loved and then lost for some reason. Sometimes they're siblings, sometimes they're parents, sometimes they're spouses or girlfriends or boyfriends or exes. And I think forgiveness is, I don't think, I know forgiveness is this critical, critical thing. We know clinically that forgiveness, true forgiveness reduces anxiety, insomnia increases pain relief, enhances energy, and treats depression. Forgiveness is always for the forgiver, not the forgiven. And I know this is simple, but it's so powerful. And if we're talking about holistically looking at our health, you'll notice I didn't just talk about supplements today or foods or vitamins. I talked about walking. And I talked about supplements and foods and vitamins. And now I'm talking about the energy that comes from letting that weight off your shoulders. Forgiveness is huge. It's critical. I'm in a position right now where I have a few people who have quote unquote wronged me over the last year or two. And I 100% am at the point in my life where I have wronged other people because we all do. None of us is free of guilt, and none of us doesn't need forgiveness, right? Withholding forgiveness hurts you. It creates anxiety. It can create insomnia. It can create inflammation. In fact, we know it creates inflammation. It can wear on your energy, and it can cause depression. Don't hold back your forgiveness. If you want true vitality, if you want true power in your life. Forgive and move on, even if you don't love that person anymore. I hope that makes sense. I hope it's helpful. I hope everything you hear on Vitality Radio is of great value to you. I love doing this show. I love that it's a podcast now. I hope you can find a little bit of time in your life to share it with friends and family if you think it's of value to them. To write a review so that Apple will share it with people that you don't even know if you think it might be of value to them. I appreciate it. It's certainly of value to me that you'll do that, but I hope you'll see the value in sharing it as well. Thank you so much for listening to me. And of course, if you want to listen to it again, 
It is available on all the major podcast apps. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair, produced by elizabeth joy windham with very limited help from jared our awesome music is by brian bob young Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you. During this COVID-19 challenge, Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful now offers curbside pickup. Just call 801-292-6662. We will take your order by phone and have it ready when you get to our parking lot. We can also ship product to most of Utah next day. Give us a call at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Thank you.